0: It's coming up to Íha uh, Halloween night, uh, guess we have a great little podcast ready for you today. It's a special guest, Balor Otherworld is going to tell us about Biddy Early, the Claire legend. Um, She usurped the ruling class of the time, and she had a bit of magic about her and probably a bit of cunning and real vibrant energy around her, and I loved hearing the story. Um so Falter Stach goodi ever kid is a trucker number 134 of the Byte Eyes Irish podcast. In we go. <laughs> And after the story by Balor, I'm going to tell you about our sponsors for this show, Irish at Heart. And their monthly boxes, a taste of Ireland. I know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are not in Ireland. So it's a way to support local small Irish businesses if you're abroad and get a taste of Ireland. Now, away we go to Balor's story. Now, it's not a story. Baller is going to tell us about the legend who was Biddy Early. Now, I grew up in County Clare, and I would have heard about Biddy Early, but I never really knew any of the details of her. I didn't know the story of her life, to be honest. And um, it was really nice to hear Baller's account of Biddy Early. For me, uh, I was really inspired by the energy and the resilience that you can hear. In Biddy's story. And Balor Otherworld. You'll find him on TikTok. Instagram. YouTube. I recommend you check him out. Uh, Give him a link. And a subscribe. And even message him to say. That you found him through the Bite Size Irish Podcast. He'd love to hear from you. He calls himself a storyteller. Like a druid storyteller. He's really clued in. Um, And he's he's genuine. He's really interested about these stories.
1: So Balor. Other word. take
0: it away, Lidhul.
1: Hi Owen, thank you so much for having me on. I'm delighted to be on the show for Halloween and I think a great topic is to talk about Biddy Early. She is of course the uh, Claire Witch who was accused of witchcraft but nobody would come forward to testify against her. Uh, she had four husbands that we know of and uh, she was a character, you know, she was a herbalist, well known for healing people and uh, quite a divisive figure in her time. So I just want to go through, I suppose, the timeline as best I can of her life because that's probably the best way to give people an overview of who she was without getting kind of bogged down too much. Uh, but first of all, I would love to just address one story which is the one I hear most often from people, it's actually fal- <laughs> definitely false. It's that she cursed the Claire Hurling team. Um, now, this this was actually a different story relating to a priest when two of the team left mass early. It couldn't have been Biddy. And the, simple, the easiest way to explain it is she died in 1874. So she died before the formation of the GAA. So it wouldn't even be possible that she could have cursed the Clare team. So now I've given you the date of her death so I'll give you the year of, year she was born which was 1798 and um, she was born in Fecal a small village in East Clare uh, to a herbalist mother and um, both of her parents died when she was just 16 so when this happened she was actually sent to live with family in North Clare um, we have very little information of what happened at this time I do know that the the woman of the house seems to have some issue with the teenager staying there and uh, she was known for her good looks. Biddy was known for uh, being a very beautiful woman with um, long, thick red hair. So I don't know what kind of conflict there was, but she did end up having to spend some time wandering around the countryside before... She eventually settled into accommodation and worked for a landlord around 1816 and the landlord's name was Sheehy. Now I've come across reports that he actually he would visit her and there was a bit of abuse but she was a very strong character even very young in her life and she opposed rent hikes and uh, as a result she was evicted. Um, Now it's here where we get the start of Biddy's powers and the mystique around her because she predicted uh, Sheehy's doom and a short time later the Toohee gang killed and burned him. Now uh, Toohee was a very unpopular character um, because of the rent hikes and there was an awful lot of agrarian violence, gangs forming out of these people who were evicted and who felt they were being oppressed by their landlords. Now, this prediction didn't do much to improve Biddy's lot in life because she had to move into the poorhouse. But it was around this time when she met Pat Malley and um, they married. Now, he died a short time after they uh, married. Biddy was only age 25 and she she did marry afterwards... Uh, possibly controversially his son john so this is uh, from a, from another earlier relationship and she stayed married to john until around 1840 when he dies i'm going to just jump back for a second because when um when biddy was young there are uh, tales that she did have a younger brother and we don't really know what's happened to him in in more fantastical stories it's been said that he was uh, brought to the other world or that he was actually a changeling Uh, now people do there have been reports of people knowing she had a younger brother um but that after the parents died he seems to have disappeared from records it's possible he emigrated to america or that he died young now Biddy did have training in, in uh, healing and she was a herbalist so this training from her mother and um, this kind of lineage helped her to kind of build up a reputation uh, with the poor people. Because an awful lot of people couldn't afford the doctor and so if they needed help particularly with sick animals... Um, or or if they were ill themselves, they would seek out somebody like Biddy Early, a herbalist, who would be able to offer some sort of solutions to them. She was very keen, because she never charged any money for her services, but she would accept a donation of something. Uh, very often it was in the form of uh, poutine or whiskey. So um, her house became known as... Uh, as a kind of a drinking spot now she was obviously garnering a fairly substantial reputation by 1828 because she actually got a visit from Daniel O'Connell who was looking for a prediction on the upcoming elections and as far as I can tell she gave him a favorable um, she gave him uh, information about a favorable outcome for his uh, election now it's, it is an interesting time to note around 1828 1829 because with daniel o'connell's election you did see the catholic emancipation act which really is when the church the catholic church's power and influence begins to take over in ireland especially around, among the the lower classes and um, as the as the church gains power and influence you can see them kind of in this con- come into conflict with Biddy um, and she's treated as an enemy or a rival of the church so this is kind of an important theme and it carries on for much of her life and it's what's probably most remembered about her is this conflict with the, with the clergy and I suppose they were vi- vying for the minds and hearts of the, uh, of the people in the, in the area now, a couple of years after John dies she do, she goes on to marry Tom Flannery, so it's around eighteen forty two and this is when they moved to what's officially known as the Biddy house, so this is the house she lived in, just outside of fecal. It's just four walls now, um kind of in a cluster of trees on a slight on a on a hill overlooking a lake which locally has become known as biddy's lake and um the lake is famous for i suppose a connection to her blue bottle now the the legends around biddy early are that she healed people and she could converse with the fairies so even as a child people um said she was a strange individual that they could see her talking to herself or talking to fairies and um or even being away with the fairies so she she was thought of as someone to go to for cures because people were very very superstitious if there was something wrong with your cattle that you weren't able to they weren't producing milk or if you had some other issue People were very, very superstitious and oftentimes afraid that they had um, upset supernatural powers, whether it was by um, doing something um, to damage a ring fort or a fairy fort. Um, so Biddy was one of these, one of these people in society where, or in the community that you could go to and seek out a kind of a solution to what you could do. Uh, To pacify the angry spirits or fairies. And I mean we have hundreds of stories of Biddy. And she didn't just heal people in Clare. She was known to heal people all over Ireland. People came to her because of her reputation. And I have have actually records um, of people from as far as uh, Croom in County Limerick. But I've also read that even even from up in the north of the country in the south and the far far in the west far in the east people uh people did seek her out and traveled considerable distances to get uh, uh, cures to their problems now this kind of this kind of leverage with the public couldn't be ignored and it brought her into conflict obviously with the landlords Uh, It brought her into conflict with the doctors, with the clergy, uh, with the police. So she was a woman who had to be extremely strong in in herself. And mentally, the fortitude she had must have been astounding. Because every kind of an authority in society was attempting to tear her down. Like like I say, she had the police coming to evict her. She had the landlords who... You know, who just took issue with her? She was objectified when she was younger. I suppose before she was married, she was she had been objectified um, by people in power, and uh, the clergy saw her as a rival and a threat. So really, you're you're talking about. At every turn, someone is trying to tear her down. Someone is trying to belittle her. So for her to have been able to establish such a strong rapport with the people, you have to think she had a big positive impact on on the people who came to her for help. You know, she couldn't have been just blagging it. You know there had to be something there, and an awful lot of people would would ascribe to this kind of healer and herbalist um, that there was that there was uh, possibly a scientific uh, benefit as well to some of these cures. Now I I don't have any of them to hand right now, but um, you know even even just the statements and the legacy she produced seems to be. Um, a marker that that there was something meaningful behind all of her work one of the one of the things that people considered very as supernatural or witchy about biddy was her blue bottle and they said that she seemed to always know when somebody was going to arrive with a problem and she even knew the solution before they got there now i've heard people (laughs) say that she had a runner who would run ahead to warn her and give her a heads up of who was coming, where they were from, and that they would arrive at her house. And uh, so she would know who it was before coming out to meet them. Um, she, the blue bottle, it is said, she would give people a liquid, a dark liquid from the blue bottle uh, with instructions of how to administer it to solve their issue. There are also tales that she could see the future she could divine it this was either through the looking into the blue bottle or else through a mirror that she was supposedly given by the fairies and um when when um when she needed anything she often just sought their counsel i just want to take some time as well with tom flannery her third husband because he has a particularly interesting connection to the more famous elements of her life um so in 1860 tom is supposed to have aided the murders of she of she brother so the landlord she who uh, had evicted biddy several years later was murdered his brother is murdered um And Tom appears to be involved, or at least authorities think so. And he helps Biddy's cousin, Mick the Moonlighter, escape to the USA. Now Mick the Moonlighter was a known um, threat to the the state at the time. He was involved with, I think, the White Boys and other agrarian groups in uh, Clare at the time. Um, He had been arrested but was released and... It seems that Biddy herself might have been involved in helping him to avoid the um, the police and the authorities in their attempts to apprehend him, and um, he he got to the coast and was able to get a boat over to the U.S. Now, if these rumors are true, it would it would explain a lot about why the um, why the authorities went after her so. Uh, so intently because they were really after her they really they really went for it and i mean they used a centuries-old law against witchcraft in um in 1865 they brought charges against her and this is this would have been seen as extremely unusual so it really shows extraordinary lengths that they were going to to persecute her and to charge her with something So it may tie to her connection to agrarian groups who were committing violence at the time. So Biddy was forced, at this stage, I think in her 60s, she was forced to come to Ennis to face these charges. So it was at the height in the centre of Ennis and um, nobody came forward to testify against her. So she had a big reputation and when it came time to... um, make a statement against her there was nobody brave enough to face her and without any witnesses the um, the police and they had no option but to release her uh, without charge and it was a couple of years later when her husband Tom dies so it's in 1868 that he supposedly passed and the following year, 1869, is when Biddy is meant to have married her fourth and final husband, Thomas Meany. Now, this is again one of the more interesting elements of her life. So Biddy Biddy would have been in her 70s or pushing 70 when she uh, married Thomas Meany. And he, he apparently came to her very, very ill and on death's door. And she said i will i will heal you but in exchange you need to agree to marriage and so he did and he actually he even died before her now he was only in his 30s but he man he still died before her um he died in 1870 it is believed he died of alcoholism and i've also there's also a strong argument that all of her husbands died from alcoholism some people say oh she killed her husbands or she had, it had, it had something to do with her healing powers that all of her husbands met these untimely deaths it's <laughs> it's certainly possible but it's it's as possible that um they died of alcoholism because their homes would have been they, they would have just seen an enormous influx of of putsching and home-brewed alcohols because that was how people generally paid her you know it was it was on it wasn't uncommon for her to have huge crowds of people kind of drinking in her house as well it was it had that reputation so unfortunately that is probably the the fate that all of her husbands met and um, Biddy herself died a short time later, so she died in April 1874 and um, she supposedly, her neighbour brought the priest um, to give her last rites and he was given her blue bottle. Now, the stories might vary. In some stories, she gave him the blue bottle. In others, he um, was compelled to take it himself. And he runs outside to the edge of the lake by her house and he hurls it into the into the lake where a hand springs out of the water and grabs it out of the air and pulls it back into the water. And this was the fairies reclaiming their gift to Biddy because now that she had died it was no longer it no longer belonged to the world of man and it is really interesting to note that during her funeral the priests actually acknowledged the impact the positive impact Biddy had had and that they had seen her as a kind of a devil or, or a nuisance to them and they they I suppose in retrospect one priest in particular recognized that she had actually been um, a much more positive force in in the community, and that it was his failure that he, he he failed to recognize this, that he should have seen seen the good she was doing. And a lot of people might wonder about her her reputation as a witch, and they might say, "Well, where did that come from?" well lady gregory and wb yeats for a long time were were primary and they were very prominent sources for the stories around biddy because lady gregory was fascinated with folklore and obviously and of course wb yeats was as well so they wrote a lot about um local local events and local folklore and biddy did feature quite prominently with lady gregory but of course, Lady Gregory is from the wealthier. She was from a wealthier class, so a lot of the stories she would have heard of Biddy were more, um, more of a witch or a kind of a a more sinister character than it would than would have been fair to the lady, because Biddy obviously had a huge positive impact on the poor, but this might not have been communicated to Lady Gregory and when those stories were published it changed people's perception of her it it distorted the memory of her but thankfully the hard work of people like Eddie Lennon who went out and interviewed the relatives of people who'd been cured by her and had found people who had that that oral oral knowledge of her they've been able to piece together a much more um complicated and um a more benign figure who who really was doing all she could to help the people in her community as I said at the start there is so much more to the story of Biddy Early but <laughs> unfortunately it's very hard to condense it down um, I am working on some videos on her and I, I'm working on two books to cover her life and I think she's really an inspirational figure for how strong she was facing up against such such large odds um and and how how her her impact is still felt to this day and we definitely need to continue to remember her for the the very good she has done her house today remains in ruin uh but you can visit it uh you'd have to (laughs) you have to walk over to it there's nowhere suitable to park a car on the road near it but when i've gone up to it it's very very beautiful to see all the little coins and blue bottles that have been left to kind of pay tribute to Biddy and it's a great testament to her uh, long lasting legacy and long may it continue to grow uh, so uh, thank you very much for having me on Owen I really appreciate it Oh better. thanks so
0: much I did um want to see what the link with Guelga was with Biddy. Because, like, the timeline, how did it match up? And, look, I looked up on Wikipedia and there was, like, um, a citation needed statement that said that Biddy already spoke Os with her friends and family, but she knew how to speak a bit of English. So it's interesting because it's, it's almost, it's easy to forget that context that Biddy was in. Like what was her birth name? Was it uh, an Irish language name? Um, I don't know. I'd love to find out more. That's an angle that I'm personally very curious about, and of course for the bite size Irish podcast we're interested in. Um, but I really wanted to bring that story that was close to my heart. Um, growing up in County Clare, and Biddy Early being from Clare, uh, a real legend, in her own right. So, Balor Mahagut Again, you'll find Balor Otherworld, Balor Otherworld on TikTok, on Instagram, and on YouTube. Please subscribe to him um, and send him a message and tell him that the Bite Size Irish Podcast sent you. Now, onto Irish at heart. I love this. Um, it's a subscription box service, is how I describe it you um, sign up by going to IrishAtHeart.com. Now, there's hyphens between each word, so it's irish-at-heart.com. hyphen irish-at-heart.com, irish-at-heart. And it was founded by Mary Moore. And Mary, like a lot of people listening to this show, um, didn't grow up in Ireland as far as I know, but has an Irish heritage and she was interested in her Irish heritage and finding a real deep connection with that heritage and she was interested in the goods and the crafts coming out of Ireland and it's very much like a lot of people listening to the show it's people who are drawn with a, a real curiosity to the culture of Ireland to the feel of Ireland, the atmosphere of Ireland and who are making a real connection with their Irish heritage. Something like internal by connecting to the Irish culture through the Irish language. So at Bytes Irish, that's what we do. And Irish at heart, very interesting service. So essentially you pay for a certain number of months of boxes and each month you get a selection in the box delivered to your door. And the contents, from what I can tell, they're worth much more than what you'd pay uh, if you were buying them individually you're getting much more per box and you get some tasty stuff depending on the month like Kyo's crisps I was intrigued by it I love Kyo's crisps Um, to more kind of craft so as of this recording uh, the next uh, box the theme is Ireland's Ancient East and what Irish at heart have done is selected um, providers and producers Around the east, around County Meath, and around there um, that are producing goods and crafts. So they're including a hand carved teapot stand, a Tara brooch from around inspired by the Hill of Tara and the prehistory and the tradition of the, of the Hill of Tara. And there's oils and soaps by local companies. And so, but you'll have to check out their site to see exactly what's coming up to see photos of past boxes and to order yours so if you're listening to this you just need to go to irish-at-heart.com that's irish-at-heart.com with dashes and order your box and you'll get um, your box delivered to your door and I promise you I've checked out their past offerings and what they're coming up with you will not be disappointed and if you do order this if you do become like a subscribing member to their service why don't you drop me an email owen at Irish e-o-i-n at bitesize.irish and tell me what you loved about the service now on to listener questions and we have one from ben a follow-up from the last episode.
1: Gia, geech. Kia Owen. Lovely to hear your voice. Thanks so much for taking the time to respond. And just actually, while, um, while, I've, while I've got you, yeah, I um, just wanted to check in. I did send something a while ago, requesting to join the Grow membership group. Um, and just hearing your reflections, there's really kind of um, renewed, I guess, my um, desire to really get in and start learning the language while I'm here over in Aotearoa. Um, I do a lot of work with Maori here and would love to be able to show up with my language and with a sort of spirit of curiosity and learning and reconnecting to Gilga.
0: So Ben Gurminamahagot. Um Ben's interested in uh, indigenous culture and I love this his his inspiration and you can hear his energy and curiosity, can't you, around uh, indigenous languages, Ar- Irish included, Gaelge, And so to answer Ben's question, um, what we had been doing with our Grow program was to close it and use it as an application only program. And the objective was to start people at the same time so that when you came into Bite sized pubble that's our private learners community at Bite Size Irish, that you'd like create your micro bubble when you were starting. Now for us, it just, it didn't work as well as we suspected because what it did was we closed the program and it meant that people had to apply and uh, reply to our informational emails. And it meant that Throughout the month, it just stopped people subscribing. And then some people would uh, sign up when we did open Grow. So what we've done is we've undone that. You don't have to apply to Grow anymore. You can sign up right now. Uh, Grow is our top offering at Bite Size Irish. What you get is there are two essential parts to it. Self-study and the social aspect of learning Irish with others. And the self-study part, you get all the Bite Size coursey courses as that we offer online, that you study at your own pace, finding the fundamental patterns, um, that you can discover in the Irish language, to really start to understand why the language is constructed in the way it is. But the more powerful part of bite size grow is bite size pubble. Pubble means community, and bite size pubble is our learners' community, where we hi- host weekly. ...conversation practice calls, bite-sized bio. Grameenamáhagatáibhán, thanks a lot Siobhán. We host a monthly more like a reading practice and a social connection call. We call it Mugger, which means chit-chat as And we've got daily challenges, or line, daily challenges... ...where you're challenged to practice your written Irish, your reading, your comprehension... Your self-expression and to look back at what you've been learning as well. So it doesn't really matter what level you are at with Irish. It's a way to challenge yourself daily. And as we say, bite size Irish, Goilge Gach La. Irish every day. And that's enough to leave you at that. So if you do want to become a grow member, you come to bite size.irish, click on memberships and sign up right now for grow. You can do it right now. Slantamal to go boga